Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, St. Louis Cardinals fans, and welcome back to another Believe in Cardinals podcast. As always, I am your host, Braxton Wheeler. Today's date is March 1st, 2023, and this is episode number 10. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite shows, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SiriusXM, Amazon Music, Pandora, and many more. If you enjoy this show, please hit the subscribe button so you can be a part of the First Listen Club every time a new show is posted about the birds on the bat. You can also follow me on Twitter at Brax, B-R-A-X-X-X-26 as I post content daily. And send me a message whenever you'd like if you want to hear something specific on the show. All right, guys, I really appreciate the support. The numbers have come went up every single time I've recorded an episode. Actually, last episode we broke a record, and that's because of you guys, and I appreciate the support. Um, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be sure to like the show. Be sure to have the notifications on every time a new show is posted. You know how baseball is. Like You don't want to miss a show um, when it's dropped because baseball happens so quickly, but by the time you listen to it, it could be another one out. So I just want to uh, thank you guys for the support. Um, also, I'd like to apologize. I didn't make an episode the last few days. Uh, if you've listened to the show, you know that I was actually traveling. Um, yesterday, about 8.39 p.m., I got back from spring training. I left Friday afternoon, and I was in Jupiter, Florida, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and yeah, Monday night, and I came back Tuesday. So I was down there for the first three opening days of spring training. Um, it's crazy, man. It's uh, March 1st. The Cardinals have already played four baseball games, uh, three three that were televised. And for someone, we'll get to that in a second, but one of them wasn't televised, which I think is ludicrous. Um, but anyway, yeah, just like that, guys, baseball is, is, is it's in action. Um, it was good to be in Florida. Um, really this episode's just kind of some early reactions. Like it's so early in the season that it would be wrong of us to make any crazy predictions or any crazy, you know, assumptions or overreactions. I like to call it overreaction, you know, you know, first week in spring training is always these crazy overreactions, right? Um, but there are some interesting things that's taken place the last four days for the St. Louis Cardinals. Of course, they had an off day today. Um, but (laughs) that's probably their last off day for a while. They have um, 11 straight games the next 11 days. And then they have 26 games in the next 26 days. So they really only have one more off day in the next 26 days. Um, but the reason they have 26 games in 26 days is even though they have an off day, one day they have a doubleheader. So anyway, you are going to get plenty of Cardinals baseball. And it looks like Tommy Edmond, Lars Newbar, these guys have already reported to the World Baseball Classic just like that. So anyway, um, we're going to slowly be losing more of the per se starters. Anyway, I got six bullet points that I really want to hit on when it comes to spring training. And first, you know, let's talk about the atmosphere a little bit. Since I was down there, how was the atmosphere of spring training? I normally go every single year, um, or at least I've been the last three years really about this time. And you know, all the games I was at was at Roger Dean Stadium. The Cardinals fans are just great, man. My hotel was completely flooded with all Cardinals fans. Um, I didn't really see many other fans there. Like the Nationals, they I mean, I literally bet I saw, I bet it was 5 to 10% of the fan base. Like it's flooded with Cardinals fans. They're down there heavy. They're in the hotel. I see them at the beaches. I see them at the restaurants. 
We went to a tiki bar one night. They were flooded with Cardinals fans. It was just awesome. Um, you know, the crowd, the crowd was great. <laughs> I will say base the spring training is so laid back that sometimes it is frustrating. Like people barely clap, you know, unless something crazy happens, like a back-to-back home run. You know, generally in a normal regular season baseball game, you get a lot of claps. Um, other than that, the food was good. Uh, I went down there, got a hot dog, pretty plain, got a hot dog. like $7. Of course, the hot dog literally spaid $7 for this hot dog. And it just came plain. And the only options they had as sides was like, or not sides, but condiments was like ketchup and mustard. So I was a little disappointed in that, but I was able to get dipping dots. I was able to get some peanuts. Um, it was really good. It was really hot. Uh, it really was like 85 degrees, but it felt like 91. So was able to get a little bit of sun. Yeah, so it was pretty much, it was a good three-day trip, good relaxing three-day trip. Went down there, pretty much hanged at the pool in the morning, went to the baseball game, went to the beach after, had some dinner, you know, near the water, and pretty much did that for three to four days straight. So I cannot complain. It was just great. Excuse me. And uh, bear with me, yeah, as I am also traveling this weekend to Pennsylvania. So I might be a little late on having a podcast, but I'm going to bring as many shows to you as I can throughout this entire season. So anyway, let's jump into what exactly happened. So opening day of spring training, the Cardinals lost to the Nationals 3-2. to Game two, they beat the Marlins 8-2. to Game three, they were really impressive, beating the Mets 12-7 to after getting down early. Um, and uh, they beat the Nationals once again yesterday, which was their first technically true road game of spring. They beat the Nationals 5-3. to So the Cardinals are 3-1 and right now in the first four games of spring. Um, Though winning and losing games doesn't necessarily matter in spring, it's always good to get some wins under your belt. Um, So far, so instead of breaking these things down by game, who has really been impressive so far this spring training? Well, the first thing I want to say is Brendan Donovan, man. Brendan Donovan has looked great. He's had nine at-bats. He's had two home runs and six RBIs. He's slugging 1,000. His OPS is, you know, 1.3. I mean, he's tearing it up right now. Um, He looks great. He looks like a guy that could be a potential all-star this season. Um, Brendan Donovan looks really good early. You know, Paul DeYoung's approach, I'm going to kind of bounce all over the place. These are just thoughts that I had seeing in person. Paul DeYoung's approach does look different. He doesn't have as big of a leg kick as he did last year. It looks like he's more short to the ball, you know, trying to cut down on the swing a little bit. And, he, you know, he's looked pretty impressive so far. He's batting. You know, obviously, you don't, you know, take these numbers with a grain of salt, but he's, he's batting 333 on base percentage, 600. Um, he has yet to strike out this fall, which is always good. Um, he's only got three at bats technically, like I said, cause he has two walks, but anyway, he looks, looks decent early. Um, Jordan Walker's size, man. Good gracious. This guy, <laughs> I put out a tweet. It's pretty interesting. I put out a tweet right before I went to the game and I said, you know, Jordan Walker's going to hit a home run today. Book it. I kid you not. I show up to the stadium. This is his first spring training start. First pitch. Jordan Walker hits a ball like, I don't know, it's 420 feet. And if you know anything about Roger Dean Stadium, a ball that's 420 feet and the humidity of Roger and Dean Stadium is literally like 450 feet at Bush Stadium. It's nuts. It's nuts. The kid's listed as 6'5", 220, but he even admitted in interviews probably like 6'5", 240. He's nuts, man. Like, I saw him one time, first time I've ever seen him in person play. Jordan Walker hits that home run. Then he, he legs out an infield single. He catches a ball up against the wall. I put out a tweet. I'm like, I've seen enough. Like, I talk about an overreaction. I can't stand overreactions. Like, I've seen enough. Jordan Walker's a starter. Put him out there. 
And everybody's like, well, who's he going to replace? And I said, look, I have no idea. Like, that's a, I, don't, I don't get paid for this, but I said, there's no doubt in my mind that he's one of the best players probably on the 40-man roster right now and, and maybe 26-man roster. So that was an overreaction by me, of course. But really impressive start. He was huge. Good to see him. I'm a little bit on the pitching side. Adam Wainwright got the opening day start. He struggled to find the zone. Um, only thing that concerns me with Adam Wainwright, and for heaven's sake, I'm not overreacting, but he, he did look like, I think he maxed out like 85, 86 miles an hour. He didn't have much velocity. He was struggling to find the zone. Um, you know, blah, 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 whatever. It's a two-inning outing in, you know, in February. No big deal. But it was something to take a look at it, and it is early in the spring, so I expect that to go up. But remember, he said it's the World Baseball Classic, and I'm assuming he's going to get some good innings, so. You know, we can sit here and say it's not concerning, but when you're pitching in the World Baseball Classic and meaningful games, it could be concerning. Um, some other early thoughts. Wilson Contreras has struck out, you know, a lot, I don't want to say a lot so far, but it looks like, let's take a look here. Wilson Contreras has had five at-bats, and he struck out three of those. Um, you know, not it's nothing new. We, we, we know he strikes out a lot, but, you know, he's going to come around, no big deal. But we'd like to see him first, you know, get a hit in spring. Now, when you watch these guys – when you watch these guys in spring, it frustrates you when you like, maybe it's just me, but when I'm in person and I'm watching these guys in spring, it like, I get nervous for them to get their first hit. You know, it's something about it. Like when you're a pitcher, you like to get that first out of the inning, but when you're a hitter, especially in spring, you know, you really want these guys to get a hit. You want them to just break that, get the zero off the board, right? Cause anytime you batting right now, early in the year, your, your average fluctuate like crazy, but you don't want to see these guys go strike over six over seven to start it out because you know, it starts to get in their head. And that's kind of where I'm at. With Wilson Contreras. It's not really a concern. I just like to see him get that first hit. Um, it was good to see Dylan Carlson, right? Dylan Carlson. He, he was looking for that first hit. He had a bases, you know, a double in the gap, clearing the bags. It was good to see. Um, it was opposite field. I'm glad to see that. Also, some any interesting Giovanni Gallegos back on the pitching front. We were all concerned to see how he's going to handle the new pitch clock. He had he did have one violation, um, but he looked good as far as that concern. He yeah he got smacked around a little bit. No big deal. But I was more concerned. You know, Gio's the type of guy he can he can get beat up a little bit one outing and then he'll go seven straight innings without giving up a hit. Right. So, you know, it was a little bit concerning to see that, but. Um, He's going to adjust well. I think he did better than we thought. Andre Pallante looked very sharp. You know, he's throwing upper 90s. He looked great. I'm telling you, Andre Pallante is, you know, he he could be, you know, he's the type of guy you, you trust him as a closer. You trust him as a setup man in the eighth. You trust him as a starter. He is such a valuable guy to this team. You know, let's not forget that. He's going to have a big role in this team in, in their pursuit for a 12 championship this season. Um, let's not focus so much on the players anymore. Let's move on to some other thoughts that I had. You know, obviously I want to mention Goldschmidt and Arnado, right? We, you know, good to see them, you know, pick up where they left off last season at MVP, MVP caliber play back-to-back -back home runs on back-to-back -back pitches against Patrick Corbin, who is just dreadful. That dude's gave up like 60 plus home runs in the last two seasons. It's just, oh my gosh. So, um, they crushed him. Um, you know, one thing I want to mention is the base size. I didn't really notice a difference as far as visually seeing it because it's not much bigger. But I was thinking about like Paul Goldschmidt. If you remember, I think he swiped a bag against the Mets maybe. The new base size 100% contributed to him stealing that bag. And I was just thinking for guys like Tommy Edmond, that's going to be crazy. Like he, Tommy Edmond was already nuts. He was really, really good. But guys like Tommy Edmond, he is really, really going to, 
take advantage of this rule. And I know some of it's for it's for safety purposes, but I, you know they ran the statistics. They think stolen bases are going to be up twenty five more percent, which I think is really really neat. Um, the biggest thing I have about the new rule changes that I noticed, obviously the shift rule is going to be a big deal. I don't want to say a lot of guys are going to try to pull the ball and get back into bad habits, but I, I think they are. A lot of those hits that, you know, defenses go to where they think the players are going to hit it. Now, since that not, is not a thing, there's going to be a lot more hits. And I'm any, I don't particularly love the shift. I actually am against the shift. Um, I know I want the game to be more exciting, but I think as a professional hitter, you should be able to adjust, right? And I think it takes that away. Um, like, like, think about guys like Matt Carpenter. They always had a hard time adjusting. I feel like guys like Matt Carpenter could really have a reassurance, reassurance, re, you know what I'm saying, um, reassurance, surgeons, gosh, into their career. Um, also, the pitch clock. One thing that I haven't heard anyone talk about is when it comes to this new pitch clock, I think pitchers are going to have to be in much better shape. And the reason I say that is when you watch on TV, you don't pay attention to this, but you know, it was about 91 degrees outside when I was in Jupiter. And if these guys are getting beat around a little bit, right, these guys are getting hit pretty hard. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. The pitch clock doesn't matter. If these guys want to take a break or something, they can't. Like, they got to be in shape. Because if you're getting beat around a little bit, especially with a three-batter minimum, nobody's coming to save you. Like, you got to be able to be in shape, and you got to be able to pitch with pace. Because you know how it is in the past, especially, you know, even for me. Um when I was pitching, you know, I play in a summer league now, but even when I was pitching in college and, you know, you're getting beat around and you're struggling to find the zone and guys like to pace around the mound and take a second, take a break. There is no more of that. Um, we haven't heard a lot of people talk about that. That's a big deal. You know, a guy gets, he's, he's, he's pitching, right? It's 91 degrees and he, he throws the ball out of the zone, right? He, he throws another ball out of the zone. There's a 2-0 count. You don't have any time to, you know, guys saying, hey, take a take a break, take a break. You don't have that anymore. Next pitch, boom, doubling the gap. Uh-oh, it doesn't matter. Pitch clock's here. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that's going to pan out. I do think guys are going to have to be in better shape than you think. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Ali Marmol and C.B. Buckner. I mean, what a joke. I mean, what a joke this guy is. You know. I've never been an MLB manager, clearly. Um, but I don't think it takes a genius to understand, and, I, and this was the consensus on Twitter. How how petty does someone have to be to be like C.B. Buckner? Okay, they had some beef last year, and let's be honest, C.B. Buckner in that game, I think it was the Rockies, these these calls were dreadful. It's a, like They were dreadful. Arenado was like, these are dreadful. These calls are awful. And C.B. Buckner comes at, you know, comes straight at, at, at the manager, comes straight at Ollie, and is just saying, you you, you know, you ain't been in the long league long enough to blah, 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 and you ain't been in the league long enough to say this stuff. Come on, man. C.B. Buckner is, he's he's a disgrace because, one, those calls were awful. Two, he came at him personally, and, and Ollie did too. But here we are, spring training of 2023, and this man, grown man, C.B. Buckner, 60 years old, by the way. This 60-year-old man can't just walk up to Ollie. It's a new season. Like, think about it. Men, just guys just squash beef naturally, right? Like, that's generally how it goes. Like, sometimes you can get in an argument with your friend, and literally 30 minutes later, you're back to, you know, being normal. You don't even have to say sorry or nothing. Sometimes it just happens, right? Like, that's just what men do. That's what guys do when you're grown. So I agree with, with Ali Marmol when he was saying, you know, he's a low-class man. It's the truth. 
You know, let's just move on. This is this is a it's a job. Like it's just a part of the game. You get ejected, stuff like that. People have beef, but you move on from it. And clearly, CB didn't do that. And uh, when I was at the final game versus the, I think it was the Mets, they did shake hands. They did move on for it. It was good to see, but you know, at that point, the apology is too late. Um, really, I just want to close on this, and this is it blows my mind. It blows my mind that this is a thing. Okay, so why in the world are some games not being streamed? Why are these games not being streamed? Okay, and I don't want to sound like I'm overreacting on this, but it's frustrating. The Cardinals, as of yesterday, their next four games are not being streamed on on MLB TV or Bally Sports. They're just not being streamed anywhere. The only way you can listen is if you do the MLB Gamecast or you listen to the actual radio network, and that's what I did. I was in the airport yesterday. I was listening to the radio cast, but it, you know, you hear boom, Arnado hits a bomb. You know, Goldie hits a bomb, <laughs> and you just you can't see anything of it. It, like I went, I played baseball to D three college, okay, and we pretty much had every single game streamed. Respectfully, like this is no shot at D three programs or a JUCO program or NAIA. Like a lot of these programs have every single game streamed, but yet we cannot get a professional baseball. Spring training game stream, not only just one of them, but four straight. Like, I can't watch the Cardinals game until Sunday on a TV stream. I don't know, man. And everybody can agree with me on that. It's just, that's not how you grow the game, okay? And I know it's spring training, and most people that just casual baseball fans don't care, but people that are diehards and try to, like, you know, I'm trying to cover the team the best I can, you know, Journalists try to cover the team the best they can back in St. Louis, and you just you just can't do that the same on radio as you can in person. So it might be tough the next four days to really, you know, cover the team the best we can. And, and you know, we want to see these young guys play. Like, what if Jordan Walker hits a 450-yard bomb or, you know, Gordon Graceffo strikes out three or six straight? Like, that's the future, you know? So I just think it's crazy. I think it's nuts. I don't even know why. It's 2023, man. Like, we got cars that can drive themselves. Like, we got cars that can drive themselves. We can't have spring training baseball games on a broadcast. I mean, just give me a give me a camera behind home plate. Like, I don't even care. Like, like a high school, you know, JV baseball game. Just give me a camera behind home plate. That'd be good enough for me. All right, guys. That's all I got. Um, thanks for tuning in. As always, this is the Believe in Cardinals podcast. Uh, I'll probably come back to you in a couple days after we get a couple more spring training games under your belt, under our belt. Um, some people were really wondering how you listen to the Cardinals games on the radio. Just just go to MLB TV. There's a subscription you can make get there. You can actually get a whole month for free, but the subscription each month is $3.99. You can listen to any Major League Baseball game, um, You know any broadcast, whether it's St. Louis, like tomorrow we play Houston, you can listen to Houston. So. Anyway, that's all I got. Hope you guys take care. Enjoy the nice weather. You know, it's already March 1st. We have regular season baseball coming at the end of the month. So anyway, this is the Believe in Podcast, Believe in Cardinals Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Braxton Wheeler. Have a great evening, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.